For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raiders! Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano, at the 50, high running down, Oakland football, and I think Oakland victory. The Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we hope to be a fan fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio, episode number 196 of Raiders Fan Radio, coming to you live right here from Murph's Fan Cave, uh, from the Palatial Fan Cave Studios, although it's populated by one because it's a podcast selfie tonight, uh, just myself, Uncle Mosh is in production week. So he's got a bunch going on with work. Uh, I did get a chance to see Swag Jeff today, which was nice. I got a chance to see my best friend. We stayed socially distanced in the freaking driveway and had a, had a good chat and had an opportunity to catch up with each other. Um, uh, but uh, unfortunately, he's unable to rejoin us here in a fan cave. But we're hoping for soon, man. Hoping in this next, uh, at least I'm hoping by, you know, we got, we're, this is episode number 196. We're bearing down on 200. I'd like to do something really super cool for 200. And uh, if we have to do it virtually, that's fine. But it sure would be cool, man, if the next, like, you know, 60 days or whatever, we get a chance to really, uh, you know, get the guys back here in a fan cave and start having guests back in, get our buddy Jeff Murphy from Dominico's back in and, uh, and really just uh, start reconnecting again face to face man with our uh our real family and our raider family you know which which is real family too but uh anyway so uh so miss those guys uh tremendously but uh we'll hold it down tonight here with another selfie and uh, and the best reason why is because of you raider nation it's everybody that's in the chat room tonight 
everybody that lurks in the chat, like my boo Max, Max. Uh, and then everybody that's in there, you know, and active in the chat each and every week. I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you. Kill Jadis is in there. Zach Brewer's in there. Michelle Sweat, Atticus B. Rockin', Daniel Mangus, Tidal Raider, Raider Flash. Critique is in there. Pete M. is in there. Uh, did I say Pirate 1975 yet? He's in there. Um, so many good folks. Adam Hill is in there. Appreciate you all so much for joining us for episode number 196. And then also everybody that's on the, uh, on the Twitch, right? We got the Twitch channel up and running. Just search for Murphs, uh, Murphs. Just search for Raiders Fan Radio there on the Twitch. I try to use. Let me. Let me. I got asked this. Uh, not a, a ton lately, but in recent history, I've been asked this a bunch. Why is it Murphs Fan Cave and why is it Raiders Fan Radio? Well, the name of the podcast network is Murphs Fan Cave because I don't want to get sued by using the name Raiders in a title and being that we monetize, although we give all the money away, we still make money on doing this show. So I don't want to make money off the word Raiders, which is trademark. So that's why it's Murph's fan cave, but the show is Raiders fan radio. So on the YouTube channel that's monetized, it's it's Murph's fan cave, but then the show is, is you know, uh, uh, Raiders fan radio. And then the same thing on, uh, on the podcast, you got to search for the podcast Murph's fan cave, but then the show is Raiders fan radio. And I'll always label what show we're doing on the network. So I hope that makes any kind of sense at all. Um, so anyways, on the Twitch, you can find us Raiders fan radio. We're also all over all the different social media, uh, platforms, Instagram, uh, you know, Twitter, you name it, Facebook, or we're there for all that stuff. Uh, so anyways, appreciate all of you joining in there. And speaking of Facebook, like we're broadcasting live on our Facebook page right now too. So I can't see that chat. So if you're in there on the Facebooks, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us. And, um, although I can't really keep up too much with the chat on the YouTube, I always go back and read it. So all your comments are welcome. And thank you all so much for supporting what we do here at Raiders Fan Radio. So uh, the best way to support it, other than participating like you are, hit that thumbs up, hit the bells, the kids say, smash the bell, hit those reminders, hook those reviews up. You know, we love those five-star reviews on on, uh, on Apple Podcasts. Any of the platforms that you listen on, please, if you wouldn't mind, give us a little bit of a, of a review there. And again, it just the more popular our show gets, the more money we make, and the more money we make, the more money we give away. Um, that said, also the charity that we're giving to right now that we're working on is the Bolitnikoff Foundation. And so far, I checked it just a little bit ago. We're at 300 bucks already. So to, uh, of, of your money that you have given to us, uh, via donations and via super chats and all the things that you guys do each and every week. Um, that money right now is 300 bucks. Uh, but I, I got a feeling that one's going to get to probably a couple grand, uh, especially once we do the Fred Bolitnikoff autographed Jersey raffle which will be coming up stay tuned on that uh cody and i got a couple things to work out and we'll have that for you on the way too so thank you all of you for that um all right so here at the top of the show we always kick off our episode with a number and even though i saw my buddy my best friend swag jeff today we had a good good uh, opportunity to catch up um he said he was going to call in his episode number because this is like his jam. Like he takes the number of the show and he ties it back to something significant within Raider Nation. And he had this really cool thing about Doki Walker, like having like 19.6 yards per reception uh, for one of the years or whatever. But he didn't call. He didn't call it in. So I went and looked up my own. So here's what I got, Raider Nation. Uh, this is a, um, a, a, a tale of woe. But it's also a tale of caution for those of us, and I say us because me included, they get really excited about high-name free agents, okay, or big-name free agents. Once upon a time, we used to sign big-name free agents all the time. You guys remember that? 
Now, one of those guys was Javon Walker. And Javon Walker came to us from the, the, the Broncos and the, and the Packers. And, of course, you know, he had some injury uh, history, but he was an amazing talent. He was an amazing football player. The Raiders bring him in and signed him to a then six-year deal worth $55 million and $16 million guaranteed, which was like, everybody was like, whoa, I can't believe what Raiders have given this much money to Javon Walker. Well, back in the day, so this is, the Raiders released him as of February 23rd, 2009 is when they announced they were going to release him. As of 2009, that's big money. $55 million with 16 guaranteed is a big wide receiver contract. It's still sizable to this day. Well, what did that $55 million get us, Raider Nation? 15 passes in 15 receptions in eight games for 196 yards. Sometimes we got to be careful what we wish for when it comes to signing guys. There's a lot to be said for just uh, taking care of what you've already got in-house, taking care and developing those young players. Yes, we do need veterans. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But just we got to be careful when we're, when we're wishing for that high-profile free agent because it's bit us quite a few times. Uh, before I move on to the contact information, just want to uh, call out in the chat, thank you so much, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, for your donation of 1911. Um, we, we appreciate that. Uh, amazingly generous of you. And that 1911 will go, of course, straight to the uh, One Nation Foundation where we're going to support, uh, support Blitnikoff. So I just said we had like 300-some bucks. Well, now we got like 320 bucks. All right? So there we go. So we're already, already on our way to that couple thousand dollar goal. So thank you, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. And appreciate everybody that's in the chat uh also i see a lot of new names jumped in there uh ron the materator of course holding it down jefe and casey look i you know we don't like you but props props for a reason i'll give you respect even because you know we don't like you because the football team you root for i'm sure you're a nice fella in real life but jefe and casey shows up in our chat now every single week and you know what his chiefs just got their ass whipped in the super bowl and homie is still here so i will give you respect for showing up i will give you respect because you're going to take your lumps tonight in the chat be nice to him like give him heck but be nice about it you know chat room you know what i mean do what we do uh but yeah like dude shows up so i got respect so good on you cafe casey uh todd clements is in there uh chino ramirez is in there uh Ray rue is in there uh franklin 83 daniel mangus appreciate all of you uh for showing up uh tonight and uh, oh and i know <laughs> now he says i now know how nfl works brady rules hey join the club pal all right here we go let's get into some show here's some contact information oh once i find it just press the damn button nerd Wait, i'm trying all right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard <laughs> as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you want to, you if you want to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us 
on the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. All right, uh, so here at the top of Raiders Fan Radio, we always like to give respect. I just gave a little bit of respect to Hefe and KC. Appreciate you. And uh, we like to, we got a lot of folks we like to give respect to. We don't do props. We don't do shout-outs. There's nothing wrong with those things. But around here, we like to, uh, we like to give respect. So um, first off, I want to give respect to... Not only everybody that participated in this crazy last week that we had around here in the fan cave, we had all kinds of shows coming at you. Um, but I want to thank my co-hosts, um, the guys that uh, that jumped in with me this week. Uh, first off, my best friend Swag Jeff, when we did our preview show for Al Davis versus the NFL, our preview Tales from the Nation, uh, when we did that show, and that was a lot of fun. We kind of did a like a setup of what we thought we were going to see. And we hit on a lot of things. We missed on a few things, too. Um, but it was really fun. It was a really fun show to do. And uh, look for Swag Jeff and I in the very near future to drop episode number two of Tales from the Nation, Al Davis versus the NFL. Because we're going to go back and look at the things that, uh, that maybe we hit on and some of the things that we missed on. But really just kind of relish in what this special was. And, you know, it was an incredible uh experience watching this thing last week and anyways i got more to that more coming on that here in just a minute but thank you swag jeff for jumping in and doing that that was an absolute blast and then also um so we did that show and then on friday we recorded our super bowl protest show where we did nothing but talk about star wars all we did was talk about the wars so, and the reason that we talked about the wars was because we didn't want to talk about that stupid, stupid Super Bowl that was coming up because there couldn't have been a worse setup for a Raider fan than a Buccaneers team led by Tom Brady and, you know, thrown to Antonio Brown and playing the freaking Chiefs, right? So we want to talk about something that had absolutely nothing to do with it. So we did this Star Wars, and that actually was very well received. So thank you to all of you that, that watched that, but thank you to those two guys um, could not have had two better guys to ride shotgun with uh, than Aaron and then and Kevin the Raider Nerd. If you missed it, it's up on our YouTube. It's on our podcast feed. That was freaking fun. And of course, you know, towards it was always kind of like there was a lot of Raiders things kind of sprinkled along the way. But especially when we got to the end, we really dug into a lot of the similarities between George Lucas and Al Davis and like you know an actual Raiders stories. And yes, Murph, we talked a lot about all kinds of different stories, and this is also where the internet crashed in the fan cave. So I had to go off and reset everything that was going on here, folks. So bear with me and us as I reset everything, and then we jump back into the show at a later time. So you don't miss much. You just miss a couple of like breaks and whatnot. So anyways, enjoy the rest of Raiders Fan Radio. Last peak part of respect i'd like to give to is uh is the folks over at espn i want to give her spoke to respect i want to give respect to the um to the folks that did the al davis uh versus the nfl the 30 for 30 um one of the main reasons too i wanted to get back on the air tonight 
We'd originally thought about taking tonight off, which we're going to take off next week um, instead. But uh, I want to get back on because this was such a big deal uh, in Raider Nation that we had this chance to engage in this special. And really, it was uh, it was a love letter for the Raiders, I felt. Um, I'm curious to what the chat room thinks. Uh, chat room, shout it out. Tell me what you think. Flash is in there. Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Raider Critique, DT the Sun. I always say DT the Sun. It's D the Sun. Uh, Lorenzo is in there. Raider Flash. Yo-Yo is in there. Coach Davis. What's up, Coach Davis? Uh, let's see. Todd Clements is in there. Uh, Chaos Raider is in there. Rodimator Raider holding it down. Lee B, of course. St- Storm is in there. Uh, Raider Rue is in there. Um, yeah, so, like, I'm not a huge fan of ESPN. Like, I just don't really watch it a lot lately, and especially since Woodson left. Uh, or unless it's a live sporting event, I typically don't watch ESPN. But I thought they they did a very good job on this, and I thought that they did a good job of not um, uh, vilifying either Al or Pete, um, which is surprising to me because so many times, you know, Al is vilified, and especially when you're talking about something like suing the league, right? So it was, and and I think that the reason it wasn't was that. Clearly, uh, they had access to Allegiant Stadium for the special. And if you want to get a, uh, access to Allegiant Stadium, you got to get approval from Mark Davis. And Mark Davis is very protective of his father's legacy and the image of his father. And so I don't think you get away with a hit piece on Al Davis while Mark is running the team. And, I, you know, and, and so I thought it was very well uh, put together. I thought it was very well structured. And again, I thought it was... It, it did a great job of detailing why were the badasses and the villains of the NFL. Like it did a great job of detailing where we got to. And it was a, for, I think, younger fans and for us older fans alike. It was a reminder that we run the show. Like the Raiders, you know, dictated, like Al Davis says in that special and so famously at other points of his life. It wasn't about what the defense was going to give us. We're going to take what we want. And the Raiders used to take what they wanted out of the league. And that was what it was all about. That's what the Raider mentality is all about. Now, that may not be a great mentality to go about your day-to-day life. But when you're talking about a competitive sport, I'm like, yeah. Like, it's just win, baby. It doesn't matter. Like, the sign used to hang up in the L.A. Coliseum. Cheating is encouraged, rule number one. Rule number two? See rule number one, like it just freaking win. Like that's all that freaking matters. And I thought this, this special did a very reverent uh, exploration through that thought that it, again, it didn't make Al a bad guy. It showed him that he was the maverick. It showed him that he was determined. It showed him that he had a work ethic that was unmatched, a level of dedication that was unmatched. And frankly, that's why Pete Rosell was so stressed out all the time because he couldn't match Al Davis. He couldn't, beat Al. The only person that ever beat Al was Al. And, you know, it, so I just, I thought it was very impressive. So I want to give respect to ESPN, uh, for doing that. Um, and you know, that's my opinion about it. Again, I'd let, I want to, uh, I'd love to get caught up and read what the chat room thinks about it. What you think Raider nation call us next for the next show. Won't be next week again, week after, but I want to hear your thoughts about it, man. Tell me what you thought. What were your big takeaways, you know, from it, you know, was the deep fake thing. Did it weird you out? Did you think it looked funky? I thought it was kind of neat. I mean, you know, they don't have the budget of a freaking, you know, Marvel movie, so it's not going to look that great. But I thought conceptually it was really cool. Like Alan Pete walking around the Legion stadium, like, 
That was pretty neat, man. So, um, but anyways, enough of my opinion about it. Let's jump in and listen to what the Raiders think about it. So I'm going to play you this video or the audio of this anyways. Um, first, we're going to hear from Ken Rogers, who is the uh, filmmaker. Then we're going to hear Musburger, Flores, Art Shell, Raymond Chester, um, Rod Martin. You're going to hear the greats reacting to the Raiders, Al Davis, 30 for 30. The moment that I knew this film had something uh, different, especially for non-Raiders personnel, was when I saw the footage of Al's interview describing the moment that Pete Rozelle retired. Must have brought back so many memories. What, what was it like for you living through this era uh, with Coach Davis? There was so much that went on, I was there through all the, uh, most of the ups and downs. Uh, I was there from day one before Al came to town. Watching, watching that film, I got, I got chills, you know, running through my body. You hear the slogan nowadays, once a Raider, always a Raider. Um, that's not something they just coined, you know, in recent years. That's something that developed over the whole history of the Raiders. What I remember about him a, a lot is that uh, he was a real man. I love it, man. I love it. There's uh, Rod Martin, man. You know, three three super or three interceptions in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, just uh, really cool to hear from those guys, and uh, really cool to hear them. Uh, you know, celebrate the Raiders. Uh, also, of course, we got to hear from some of the modern day Raiders, and who better than uh, than John Gruden, than head coach John Gruden, who of course uh, was hired originally by uh, by the great one by Al Davis. And uh, John made some really fun comments. You know, uh, John is never, uh, it's, it's, there's never a shortage of good John Gruden sound bites, right? And so let's check in with Coach Gruden reacting and talking about Al Davis interviewing him. You know what? I, I'm the uh, most interviewed candidate in Al Davis's <laughs> history. Let me say that. I interviewed with him after my first year in Philadelphia. You talk about a thorough interview. He would ask you about personnel. He wanted to know, hey, JT, who's the third corner for the Chargers? And if you didn't know Terrence Shaw, you were out of that interview. Uh, he asked you specific questions about drills. How are you going to get somebody better? Uh, situations. What's your favorite play on third and nine from the nine? Teach it to me. It was a grind. And it was probably the most fascinating time of my life, having a chance to not only be the coach of the Raiders as a young man but to be judged by the great one himself and um i can still smell his cologne i can still feel his <laughs> presence right there uh i learned a great deal from him and uh, i know the world still misses him and there'll never be another one like you're listening to raiders fan radio with the real star of the show little murph and my sidekick uncle mosh there used to be a third guy too but i kick him out Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. All right, appreciate you joining us here in the Fan Cave for episode number one. Sorry, I'm trying to do 800 things at, at, at once here. That's the downside of a podcast selfie. Um, Appreciate you joining us for episode number 196. Appreciate everybody in the chat room. Daniel Mangus, Raider Rue, B, Raider Flash, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, uh, Raider Critique, Storm is in there, uh, Rob Raider is in there. 
uh, Coach Davis is in there. Appreciate all of you uh, each and every week for supporting us and uh, having the best chat room in all of Raider Nation. All right, um, next up, and this really could kind of continued being one big, long respect segment. Um, but, you know, we got a little bit of, uh, of redemption this week. Um, we got a little bit of uh, Raider love this week in, in, in many, many ways. Of course, on the heels of the Sal Davis special comes then uh, the NFL Honors um, special, which reveals the Hall of Fame uh, in, inductees coming up in 2021. And don't you know the Raiders got uh, three inductees? And yes, I mean three inductees because not only – did we get, of course, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer Charles Woodson, who we're going to talk about in a minute, um, but someone that's been long overdue, and that is Coach Flores. But also, we got this guy. Congratulations to Wayne Mabry. Uh, you know him as the violator. I'm trying to get that card. There we go. There you can see him. There's the violator. Wayne Mabry. Congratulations to him. A long time representative of Raider Nation. Um, as I always say and will say to the, the forever, it's one in one A or one A and one A or one in one in terms of Raider super fans. And that is Violator and it's Gorilla Rilla. And that's it. Um, and so the idea that he got into the Hall of Fame uh, is is fantastic. And I think is, is an incredible honor for him. And um, so congratulations to him, much respect for him and his dedication to the Raiders over the years. And um, I thought this might be kind of fun. We, uh, we interviewed Wayne way back when. So this is episode number 196 of Raiders Fan Radio. Episode number 29, we interviewed Wayne. And so let's check in with him. I'm going to play a little bit of this for you. You don't even hear me in any of this. It's mostly just all my, my cousin, Sonny, who I started the podcast with. Um, but Sonny asks him about his origin story. So let's check in and hear the origin story of the violator. All right, Raider Nation. Uh, we are truly honored with our next guest. He is not just a fan. He is not just a super fan, but he is one of the Raiders super fans. We're talking about Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. the violator. He's a former bodybuilder. He's the owner of modosports.com. He's been repping the Raiders since 1991, making the drive every week from L.A. to Oakland since 95. Please welcome to the show, Wayne Mabry. Wayne, how you doing? Doing fantastic, man. Another blessed day above ground. Amen. Wayne, every time we have a guest on the show, we start out with the same question. How did you become a Raiders fan? What's the origins of your Raiders fandom? Watching the Raiders play the Chiefs, I think it was back in 1970. Didn't really know about them. I knew about the Chiefs and uh, always been into knights and armor and all that good stuff, swords. So when I saw this silver and black team with this pirate on their helmet, I'm like, these guys look like knights. So I started watching them then and, uh, they got into a big brawl, and I just thought that was fantastic, man. The whole team coming out there just <laughs> jumping in. So I was hooked from right then, man. 47 years later, here I am. So Wayne becomes a fan 47 years ago. What's the origins of the violator? Well, that guy, you know, he's, he's been in therapy for years, and uh, <laughs> I, used to sit, I used to sit on the 50-yard line in the L.A. days, and, uh, you know, there was some – what do you call them, uh, celebrities there who didn't, weren't really into being loud and standing up, raising hell. Well, to me, that's what football was about. 
So uh, after a couple of years of that, I decided to just unleash this beast, and uh, and that was the beginning of him. So I would give him 48 hours to do his thing, and then we'd reel him back in on Monday morning. Has he always been called the Violator? How, how did that name come about? That's day one, man, killing quarterback. Oh, I love it, man. Since day one, killing quarterback. So, uh, so there's a nice little clip from Wayne. Another thing, you know, that I learned a lot from Wayne uh, in our interview, and you know, I've said for a while now that you know the the Raiders being the villains of the NFL, and when you look at a guy like Wayne, he's this big, tough, gnarly guy. He's loud. He's aggressive. You see him in his Violator outfit, like he's a he's a he's an intimidating looking guy, but he's the nicest, kindest man. And I think that it's important for us as Raider Nation to really always continue to lean into that idea that you can be big and tough and a badass and you can be kind and nice at the same time. And I want to play one other little clip from the interview uh, before we move on to Tom Flores. And this, this is this big, look, this big, intense individual. And all he's doing is talking about just love on people. Love on somebody, brother. Yes. Putting that seed in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's all about, right? It's good stuff, man. Ain't nothing more rewarding than that. Now, if that, now, now if that takes a notch out of my macho card right there, just <laughs> stating that. No way. You know, a real man knows to give God the glory. With all this stuff that we're enjoying, we didn't do this. You're listening to The Violator, and I'm live on Raider Fan Radio. Where you at, baby? All right, there he is, Wayne Mabry, the Violator. Congratulations on your Hall of Fame uh, induction. All right, so upcoming, not only Wayne, of course, but we're talking about Tom Flores. We're talking about uh, former coach of the uh, Oakland and Los Angeles Raiders, not to mention uh, player, assistant coach, all the amazing things um, that Coach Flores did in his tenure with the um, uh, with with the Raiders, and uh, it's finally been celebrated. And you know, I. Uh, if you've if you've listened to this show before, you're not uh, uh, a stranger to the idea that I've um, often explored the idea of why, and I think that it came down to um, you know coaches. Um, record when he was not a Raider, when you look at his Seattle Seahawks tenure, and really even the last two years of his Raider career, um, I think he, even he would tell you that um, there were some challenges in there and uh, some results that he would uh, rather not be. But that said, that doesn't detract from the idea that when you look at his Raiders coaching career as a whole, it's an absolute slam dunk Hall of Fame career. So just to give you like a rough idea, when we look at, at his first um, seasons with the Raiders, so to go from 1979, which was his first year coaching the team, all right, to 1985, uh, he had nine wins, 11 wins, seven wins in 81, but then bounced back and they went eight and one, which was a strike season. So they only lost one game out of nine in 82, then 12, then 11, then 12. And in that time, he won two Super Bowls. And so when you look at that coaching record and you look at his Raiders coaching record, he had a 610 winning percentage. So you're talking about in 136 games with the Raiders, he won 83 of them. Like it's in, And then you add two Super Bowl wins in, in with it. It's a slam dunk that um, that Tom Flores finally makes the Hall of Fame because again, it doesn't to me as a Raider fan, it didn't matter what he did when he became a Seahawk. Like he was whatever. Well, I don't care about the Seahawks. I don't. I'm not a Seahawks fan. Like you, neither are you. 
So all I care about is his Raider career. And when you look at his Raider career and you look at the success and the bona fides that he has in his wins, but then you look at, again, the barriers that he broke, you know, first Latino head coach, like all the, th- you know, as, as a quarterback winning. I mean, I, f- I forget how many rings in all the, in total, total he has. I believe it's four, though. I believe he's got one as a player, which was with the Chiefs when he was a quarterback for the Chiefs. He's got one with the Chiefs. He's got one as an assistant coach, and then he's got two as a head coach. So, like, the guy's like, I mean, you can't get more qualified than Tom Flores. So much respect to the Hall of Fame for finally putting him in. Now let's get to Cliff Branch. I'll save my rant on Cliffy for a minute at least. Um, but let's, let's continue to celebrate the idea that Coach Flores is going in. And, uh, and let's go to Hall, uh, equal uh, uh, Hall of Famer, Howie Long, uh, who did the announcement for Coach Flores. Let's check in with Howie. He's one of professional football's great trailblazers the first Latino to start a quarterback, and the first head coach of color to win a Super Bowl. He has four rings to his name and is one of only two people in the history of the game to win one as a player, an assistant coach, and head coach. I think I speak for all of Raider Nation when I say Canton is lucky to have him. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, my coach, Tom Flores. Coach, I got something to say to you on behalf of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I want to welcome you to Canton, Ohio. We are going to guard your legacy forever. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm using that last for words, but, <laughs> but I've been in pro football over 60 years. It's just an honor to be in that room, knowing that you're going to be there forever. All right, there we go. So uh, that's it. That, that was when they delivered him the message. And now let's, uh, let's celebrate Coach Forrest a little bit. It's great that Tom got in because it's time. It's time. Tom Flores belongs in the Hall of Fame. This will be a wonderful culmination for him. He has devoted a lot of his life to football, and each player has a special place in his heart. I tell him that I think he's a Hall of Famer to me, not only as a coach, but as a person. I will be in Canton in August when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's been too long coming. He's a great football man, and I love the guy. He's done it all, and he's been extremely successful on every level, so he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Just be proud that we've made it. And I emphasize, we've made it. Raider Nation and the Raider family, I'm proud to be your representative. Oh, that's awesome, man. That gives, that gives me dang chills. You know, we're proud to have you, Coach. You know, and I... Uh, this last week was an incredibly Raiders centric week with all the things that went on. Um, not only with the, with obviously with the things, you know, that was going on, that was going on with the hall of fame and the Al Davis special, but like on Super Bowl Sunday, if you guys missed it, it's on our YouTube channel. We did it live on Twitch and then I uploaded the video afterwards, but we ran through, um, the Raiders three Super Bowls and so much of coach Flores is in there. And, you know, unfortunately like he never got the credit i think i think this is my opinion i don't know um i don't think he ever got the credit that he truly deserved for being a coach until now and that's because we all revel in al davis like we all talk about the genius of al davis and the maverick of al davis and all the things al 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 but al had two hall of fame coaches al had john madden and al had you know the uh, tom flores and you know, they weren't yes men. 
you know, Coach had a, Flores had a little bit dis, different of a disposition than somebody like Matt, and he certainly wasn't animated. There's a reason that his nickname is the Ice Man. It's because he's freaking chill. Because and you just listen to him now. The guy's in the Hall of Fame, and he's like, "Thank you, appreciate you, you know." And it's us, Raider Nation. It's all of us together. Like, dude is like really mellow. Like that's just his dynamic. But don't you think though that like that worked? Like we know it worked because it produces two championships, but like there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for that dynamic that Al was this bombastic, huge personality in the middle of suing the league. And he had this stoic, like, you know, chilled out head coach that took care of business while Al was doing Al things. So I, just, I think Tom Flores obviously should be celebrated, but I think also should be celebrated for that too. Like let's, let's really like lean into the idea that, you know, it's hard to be a head coach of the Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders when Al Davis is at the helm, that ain't an easy job. And so the idea that he was as productive as he was under that regime, I think is an incredible testament to his character and his leadership ability and, and uh, is just an amazing story. So, so happy for coach Flores. Um, so thankful we got a chance to meet him last year at the Bolitnikoff foundation dinner. Uh, just what an incredible honor. Um, <laughs> I put up pictures of us that, from the pictures that we took with him earlier on our socials this week. I don't think he knew I was there when we took the picture. Cause I'm like, Leaning up to him, like, get the picture, get the picture. And I'm all smiling and stuff. And, uh, but the one of him and Uncle Mosh is fantastic. They're shaking hands and uh, both looking, you know, right down the barrel of the camera, big smiles and uh, an amazing picture. And I'll, I'll show that tonight uh, on the show. Uh, let me go ahead and hit a break. And we got one more to get to because, you know, we got to talk about Charles Woodson. In fact, let me find the Woodson ID here. Um, oh, man, I don't have it. Um, Dang it. All right, anyways, let's go ahead and uh, t- take a quick break, and then we'll get to uh, Charles Woodson. Hey, this is Pete Koch, former Los Angeles Raiders. Yeah, back in the old days, baby. And you're listening to Murph and Uncle Mosh, who happens to have the same hair as me. Check it out. Raiders Fan Radio. All right, here we go. I'm going to show the picture here. I hope you can see it, okay? There's there's the one of uh of let me see if we get it to focus. Come on, focus camera. Ah, dang it. You can't see. That's there it goes. There's there's uh Uncle Mosh and the great Tom Flores right there. Uh such a cool man uh event and such a great time uh being able to get a chance to meet coach and uh man, I tell you, coach was a chick magnet, man. There was a lot of ladies standing around coach uh, hoping to get a picture. Uh so anyways, congratulations to him and uh so let's talk about uh the great Charles Woodson. Let's talk about 24. Man, we knew this was a slam dunk. I mean, uh, you don't get more Hall of Famey than Charles Woodson in the entirety of his career. And uh, so I don't think this surprised anybody uh, that he got in. But wow, what an amazing um, opportunity we're going to have in, uh, in, in August when we all get a chance to go to Canton. If, I hope if you can, you can go. And we're going to get a chance to see Tom Flores and, and Charles Woodson inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Um, we're all crashing to your house, Ron. No pressure. But um, anyways, assuming you know we're in a hopefully a lesser of a COVID world, if not a non-COVID world by then, by the time we get to August. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be absolutely incredible. And uh, so let's check in with the announcement 
uh, with Charles Woodson. This is cool. He kind of got ambushed. There was already a camera crew there because they were um, doing a documentary. And, uh, and then here they came. Here comes the Hall of Fame committee come rolling in there and, uh, and surprised Charles. And this is what it sounded like. And the emotion in Charles. Again, you don't get that from Flores because he's just kind of, he's so chill. But Charles, man, you hear him he, he, towards the end here, he actually starts to break down a little bit. And it's just a really touching clip here. Championship game. A lot of great memories. You know, just winning the game. And, uh... <laughs> How you doing, Charles? Sorry to interrupt your interview. But I was trying to knock on the front door on, and nobody was answering. Because we're here to deliver some oh, great news. doing an interview. I know. And this, this with y'all, okay. So now I'm starting to think y'all was in on <laughs> Charles, it's my pleasure to welcome you to Canton. Congratulations. We in the hall, man. We in the hall, man. I just... Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. That's another one, man. It gives me chills, man. I, or Charles Woodson is just such an amazing ambassador to Raider Nation. I mean, clearly, and we're going to get to his... his his numbers here. Ah, heck, we'll just do it right now. Let's talk about some of, this, some of these accomplishments, all right? So when we talk about his, his play on the field. Um, 11 years with the Raiders, 7 with Green Bay. In 11 years with the Raiders, he played in 154 games. He started in all but three of them. Um, he had 27 receptions, and two of them went for touchdowns. When you look at his tackles, he had 753 tackles. I mean, and, and 600 of those, 613 of those were solo tackles. An absolutely incredible, like that right there alone could qualify him for a Hall of Fame career. But oh yeah, by the way, he spent seven years in Green Bay where he played in 100 games. And this is the, if anything is bittersweet about this, if any of this as a Raider fan is a, dings me up a little bit, Charles was brilliant when he was with the Packers. He was great when he was with us. He was brilliant when he was with the Packers. Started all 100 games that he was in. He had 38 interceptions. So I just told you he had 27 in 150 with the Raiders. He had 38 picks in 100 games with the Packers. He scored two touchdowns with the Raiders. He scored nine with the Packers. And so an absolutely you know, productive career. That's where he got a Super Bowl. That's where he got his Defensive Player of the Year award. You know, just dominant uh, cornerback. Now, here's one thing, though, that is interesting and that really lends to the uh, Hall of Fame uh, player that Charles Woodson is. When, you, when I just told you that big number on tackles, so in, with, his, with the Raiders, he had 753 career tackles. He had 467 with the Packers. So when you look at his tackles, the guy had 750 tackles as a Raider and only 467 as a Packer. What does that tell you? It tells you that the front seven for the Raiders may not have been getting it done as well as the Packers were. And Charles was coming up and making a lot of plays. And I, I thought about that and then I looked at it and sure enough, when you look at his 2014 season, so, so Charles came back to us in 13 and played 13, 14, 15. When you look at his 14 season, the Raiders were not great in 2014, if you remember. 
He had 113 tackles, the most tackles of the entirety of his career by a long shot. Like, he didn't break 76 tackles at any other point in his career, and he had 113 with the Raiders in, in one season in 2014. Dude was all over the place. Do you remember this? You remember how he used to fly around when they moved him to safety? Of course, they, they moved him to safety in Green Bay, but then he played all three seasons with the, with the Raiders at safety. But he had 113 combined tackles and then 83 solo tackles. Um, four of those were tackles for loss. Uh, and then, of course, he had the touchdown back in 2013, which, thank goodness, I got a chance to witness, man. Sonny and my buddy Harley and I were there. We met Willie Brown that night uh, and and freaking watched Charles Woodson uh, score a touchdown against the Chargers. Um, but, man, what an incredible cap on his career. And um, so, anyways, enough of me celebrating Charles Woodson. Let's check in with the rest of the Raiders in the NFL, and uh, let's hear from them as they celebrate Charles Woodson's career as a Raider. With the uh, fourth pick in the draft... The Oakland Raiders have selected defensive back Charles Woodson. Game time, baby. This is how the West is won. I ain't doing football. Ah, football showed me. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be wet. That's what we do when you was kids. You played in the rain and the mud. I'm never satisfied with what I did yesterday. You know, it's all about today and, uh, and tomorrow. This young Thundercats out here want to know what it takes to be great. How you play this long. You know what I tell them? Work hard. Make plays. Work hard. Make plays. Work hard. Make plays. All right, Raider Nation, man, we about to go out into this smoke, man, at the Coliseum for the last time. Though this is my last game in the Coliseum, just know that I'll never leave you. Go Raiders. Man, that fires me up. In fact, you know what? I'm, I didn't plan on playing this, but I'm going to go ahead and play this. Although this is his last game, I'll never leave you. I'm going to play the whole thing. Here's Charles Woodson's final speech, uh, or final, uh, uh, his speech at the final home game for the Raiders in the Oakland Coliseum. It's on. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders fans, can y'all hear me? Hey, just one time, I need it. Raiders! 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 Hey, hey, listen. Listen, man, it's, uh, it's been a joy for me to come back and play here for a second time around. You guys welcome me back with open arms as if I never left. But I just want you to know how much that means to me, means to my family, my two boys. Man, it, it's been great. Though this is my last game in the Coliseum, just know that I'll never leave you. Go Raiders. Patrick Claybaum with NFL Network here. Hey, folks, I know three things you might like. Do you like football? Do you like the Las Vegas Raiders? Do you like listening to things? I'll add a fourth. Do you like swag? Well, here we got Swag Jeff, Murph, Uncle Mosh. This is Raiders Fan Radio. 
I right, appreciate you, Raider Nation. Appreciate the chat room in there. I love the call out from Tyrone Graves in there. Manning went his whole career dodging getting picked by Charles Woodson until he came back to the Raiders. Absolutely. That was incredible. That pick uh, in the end zone against Manning and the Broncos, man, that just, man, he was so good on that return, man. It was, I almost I wish he would have played that one extra year, right? Because then he would have seen the 2016 season and, you know, who knows why it would, would have ended up with, with Charles there. But uh, anyways, but, but appreciate uh, that call out there. Appreciate also Aaron the Q-Dog Raiders in there. Kel Jadis is in there. Raider Flash, uh, Lee B, Lencho, Sugar Shane, Ron the Mater Raider, Franklin83. I uh, appreciate all of you and I uh, appreciate all the support in there for, for uh, yeah, hit that like button, hit that, hit the um, subscribe button if you don't mind and, uh, and help us out here. Um, all right, next up, let's get to the um, a little bit of the Super Bowl aftermath. Um, we're going to get to that, and then we're going to jump into the sea of fans. Just a couple emails and, and a few phone calls to get to tonight. Um, but before we do that, I would like to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Chiefs! That's really all I got to say. You suck asses. I'm so glad you lost. I'm so glad to see you get beat down in that kind of a fashion. Um, you know what I mean? Like that, look, I know it's Tom and we're, we hate Tom and blah, 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 blah. But look, man, if you didn't find any kind of joy watching the chiefs get the crap kicked out of them, then I don't know what to tell you, man, because as a diehard Raider fan and that, them being our arch rival, nothing brought me more joy that night than to watch those guys just literally get the 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 junk kicked out of a man. I it was um, it was incredible. That was that was an an impressive performance. I think what was in, in, interesting to me as a fan and as a takeaway is that, uh, and I tweeted this afterwards, is that I know we all love high powered offenses and all that kind of stuff. I know we love that, but every time I see somebody hoist a Lombardi Trophy or toss it between boats like freaking Tom did today, it's a freaking good offensive line. Great running game, great defense. Like, you don't need to, like, how many high-powered offenses have we seen win the Super Bowl? In, I don't know, halfway recent history. Drew Brees and Peyton Manning? Not Peyton Manning won, not Peyton Manning two, because Peyton Manning two was terrible. It was Von Miller that won that, fo- that football game for them. So, I'm just thinking, man, like, you know, I think the Raiders aren't that far away. I think that we have an opportunity to do something similar to what the Buccaneers did and I know we don't have Tom Brady with Derek Carr. I know we don't have like some some pieces. I get it. He's the greatest of all time. Even Derek Carr, I don't think would think that he's on a on a comparable level. That I don't say that to disparage Derek. I just mean that like you got this guy that's got seven freaking Super Bowl rings. We'll never see that again. But in terms of like the teams go, like it's very interesting to me that the Buccaneers team really reminded me a lot, especially just after watching this Super Bowl highlight run that we just did with the Raiders, like it kind of reminded me of the Black Sunday teams. Like, you know, you think you look at the Buccaneers now and you see old guys, right? I see old people. Um, you know, you see JPP, you see Andomican Sue, you see Shady McCoy, you see Tom Brady, you see Gronk, you see like older guys, right? But then also, even Levante David's 31, but then oh yeah, Devin White. Right. Like you look at like, and especially their secondary, like they have like first, second, third year players. So like, I think that if the Raiders this off season, uh, make it a focus to bring in some serious veteran leadership, I, I think we could like, look, man, I'm, it's, I'm just saying that formula still works. Like 
all these years later and all these changes in the NFL and all these rules and all the evolution of the game and blah, 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 blah. It's all kind of comes down to some root things that never change. You know, the, the, the flags stay in their pockets for the most part by the referees. I know, save me the tuck rule and all that stuff. But like, for the most part, like they let them play defense. Like they're playing a more physical uh, defense, especially in the secondary than we see in the regular season. And so there are some things I think that don't change. Those things are still universal. And those things that, you know, look, a few things bounce our way differently this year, Raider Nation, and we're not that far off. I just, I really don't think we're that far off. And I think also on the heels of this Super Bowl win and the aftermath of all this, it's really important for us to lock into a concept coming up in this season. And I'm really going to harp on this this offseason. Um, so if you don't like my, um, kind of my take on this, then uh, you're going to get real sick of it come, you know, August, September, cause I'm going to drill this into the ground. This I think is going to be of the modern era of the Raiders, probably the most important season in terms of like the progression and the path of the team. Not that this last year wasn't important, not that all of them aren't, aren't important, but when you look at the, um, crossroads, we'll say that certain players are at Derek. I don't, I think it's fair. We could, we could say that, um, that he's approaching a crossroad via because of contract, uh, obligations from the team because of, you know, you can call it success. You can call it whatever. And I'm not disparaging the guy. Cause I think he was a great quarterback for us this year. I don't think he's a problem or a challenge for us. I don't think that that's the issue. Um, but I think that overall, when you look at like, where he's coming to, where John Gruden's legacy is going to lie now here coming into year four. Like when you look at like, okay, now Mayock's got, got a few, you're going to have a few drafts under his belt. The Raiders are going to play their first season in Allegiant Stadium in front of fans. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are significant about this season that, and I, and I kind of felt that way about this last season, that the Raiders, it was really important for them to return to relevance. I think that even though with only an eight, win season i think we checked enough boxes winning on the east coast winning in cold weather winning at arrowhead like you look at the things that we did there it was enough obviously it wasn't enough to go to the playoffs and that was the biggest box to check um but it was small but it was progression so it was still steps it was still positivity so i'm gonna lean into that but here's why i think that this upcoming season um is even more important and not only because of all the reasons that i just gave you but I'm going to read you off a list of, of Super Bowl wins in the AFC West. Chargers, goose egg, of course. Chiefs, two. That's important because if they would have won this last one, obviously would have went to three and would have what? Tied the Raiders. The Raiders have three. Broncos have three. So in our whole AFC West division, in terms of Super Bowl wins, we still have three. We're still tied for first place with Super Bowl wins. That's huge for us as fans. That's bragging rights. Anybody in our division wants to talk junk, just throw a three at them, man. That's all you got to do. Scoreboard. Numbers don't lie. On the heels of that also, AFC division wins. AFC West division wins. Chiefs, lowest. 13. That's the lowest in history in our division for the teams. Chiefs, 13. The rest of us, all tied with 15. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, all have 15 division titles. All right, so why do I think that this is so damn important? Well, if we want bragging rights as fans, 
if we want to remain on top as Raiders, this is the, this is a year where we need to hit this stuff. We need to, we need to start. We need to win a title this year of some sort, or we need to make a Super Bowl or make a good long postseason run. We want to keep up this momentum. Look, we have given these teams like a twenty-year head start. We had one good year since two thousand and two. We're coming up on twenty. I can't even believe those. I'm saying that we're coming up on twenty freaking years since our team was good year in year out with any level of consistency. That's bananas. Like really? Like we can't put together two or three seasons together? Like unbelievable. It's been that long. And if you want to go before that, it wasn't all that hot in the nineties either. We had a nice little run with Art Shell and yes, Bo Jackson and all that kind of stuff. But we weren't rattling off AFC championships division titles back then either. Very sparsely, right? So I think this is an important season for the Raiders. Man, a, a season in terms of time, not, not just in the season of itself. But this is an important era of the Raiders upcoming because we don't have the luxury of time anymore. We've been riding all that stuff we saw in Al Davis versus the NFL, all that genius of him, all the, the winning, all of that stuff, all the everything, the pageantry, the just win baby, the, all that stuff. We've been riding that for so damn long we're now out of time because we've given them all enough time. They finally freaking caught up to us. So this season for us in terms of relevancy as a franchise is hugely important because we hadn't been relevant in a hot minute. And now the numbers are going to start working against us. And I think that's something that the, look clearly as a fan, I don't want to see you don't want to see. And I'm going to give you one last thing. I'm going to give you some Derek Carr numbers. Let me, Listen to this, Raider Nation. He ain't going anywhere, first and foremost. He's, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be our quarterback in 2021. And I'm proud to have him. I'm proud to have him because when you stack him up against the GOAT, the guy that just beat the Chiefs and played him twice this season, Derek Carr's numbers stack up. And I just said numbers don't lie, and I'm a firm believer of that. And when we look at contrasting Derek Carr to Tom Brady, um, Week five, Derek Carr plays the Chiefs. He is 22 of 32, 347 yards, three touches, one pick, and a quarterback rating of 126.7. When you look at the two games Brady had, two games Carr had, that's the highest. Highest quarterback rating of those four games. Week 11, when we played him, Derek Carr goes 30, uh, 23 for 31, 275 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, 119 quarterback rating. Tom Brady in week 12, when he played the Chiefs, 27 of 41, 345, three touches, two picks, 96 quarterback rating. And in the Super Bowl, 21 of 29, 201 yards, three touches, and a quarterback rating of 128 125.8. It was clearly the, only 200 yards, man. Running game was the one that was picking up chunks of yards. And then, oh, yeah, let me hit Gronk in the end zone. Let me hit Antonio Brown in the end zone. Like, when you look at the numbers of quarterback play, it's highly comparable. Here's the deal breaker. And I'm going to hit a break after this. Here's the freaking deal breaker. Points allowed in those two in those four games, two games against the Raiders, they allowed 67 points. The two games that the Buccaneers played the Raiders, 36. Hey Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down and Max Crosby who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. 
All right, I'm going to give you one more little caveat, too. 16 of the past 34 teams that lost in the Super Bowl missed the playoffs the following year, including the Rams and the 49ers the past two seasons. Only three teams have won the Super Bowl after losing it, Dallas in 71, Miami in 72, and the Patriots in 2018. Eight others made it back, including the Bills, three times. So the odds are stacked against the Chiefs that they won't make it back. We hope that they won't. And guess what? Salary is going to catch up to them super, super quick. We're not going to have to worry about these Chiefs in the next coming years. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. His body throws. It is. Damn right we need a defense chat room. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress. I know I just played the Sea of Fans music, but I'm going to play you one more clip that came out today. Listen to this. This is, okay. This, oh, my gosh. I, we always devolve into talking about Derek Carr. Not that I don't like talking about Derek Carr, but I hate the spirit of the conversation around Derek Carr, that he's going to be traded all the damn time, that he's a problem all the damn time. Let's check in with David, Derek's older brother, on NFL Network today. Because now all the, the rumor mill is flying off the shelf or, or is out of control about Derek being traded. So Andrew Siciliano asked David about that exact thing. Today's show, David, Ian Rappaport said that some people have, some teams have called the Raiders about Marcus Mariota. Now, we know that we've, we've also heard, well, maybe your brother gets traded. Understanding you're not the team spokesman nor, nor the family spokesman here. Is Derek... Comfortable thinking he's going to be back next year? I'll tell you that Derek is. Derek doesn't like any of the noise that's happened over the last couple of years, and it's because of one major issue. It's it's what is said inside the building is different than the noise that he hears in the external. And on, not, I'm not not saying our shows. I'm saying everywhere. I mean, the trade rumors for Derek have been widely um, reported. So I'll say this to Ian's uh, report. There have been at least four teams that have tried to trade for Derek. One team tried to trade for Derek a couple times. 49ers. And they were told no, point blank. And they've continued to be told no. So I think that when you hear the rumors, it's because, you know, the NFL Network, different networks are on in these buildings. And when you hear that there's a possibility to go out and get Derek Carr, absolutely teams are going to call. And absolutely teams have called and offered. And they've been told no every time. I just think when you look at what John Gruden has – John Gruden loves Peyton Manning, okay? So quick story, Peyton Manning came in and he worked with Derek early on, right when John took the job. And John Gruden wants a guy that has control of his offense at the line of scrimmage and they can move them and get them in the right play. And he has that in Derek. Other than Tom Brady, I don't know if there's another quarterback out there, maybe Aaron Rodgers is in that boat, that can get his team into the correct play, diagnose the defense better than Derek. Derek's been doing it since he was 10 years old, sitting in NFL meeting rooms with me. So he understands exactly what he's seeing. He knows how to get his team in the right play. Now on top of that, he's improved every year under Gruden as far as his down the field accuracy and every in, in every area. So I think that John has exactly what he wants. And to say that Derek wouldn't be traded, that's it's hard to say because if someone comes in and they go earth shattering deal, I'll give you more than what you gave for Matt Stafford. I mean, who's not going to listen to that? So you can never say never. But at the end of the day, it's going to take an awful lot to pry Derek Carr away from John Gruden. Hey, listen, they they had their moments last year. They did, and, and they almost they got a Super Bowl ready offense, man. It, I'm telling you, like right. offensively, they're ready to go 
compete for a championship. They have they have some things they got to fix on the defensive side. I think that you saw that you saw a new defensive coordinator come in. There's going to need, need to be some things that, that are improved there, and everyone knows that. And if they can do that, just get to the middle of the pack, you know, and they got a chance, you know. So it'll be they beat they beat the Chiefs last year. They can do they, it again. So we'll they, see what happens. They were in at week 16. They hold on. They beat the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, it's a much different situation yeah, there. Exactly. All right, David Carr. Thank you. Catch you later. You got it, buddy. As we continue right. in NFL now, and we. All right, there you go. So this, and, and I, I loved, and I wanted to play that because I think this really drives home a point: is that when you hear David speak on that, but like, look, if the Raiders get a stupid offer for Derek Carr, if they get a, the kind of an offer that blows them away, and they get you know multiple first rounders or whatever, yeah, they might take it. Like, no, everyone's got a. This is what we talked about last week. Everyone's got a price tag. You know what I mean? So no one is off limits, but that's the kind of effort it's going to take to get the to get Derek Carr away from the Raiders, and that's likely not going to happen. It's more likely you're going to see Mariota and freaking Ty Williams go to the Bears for Allen Robinson. Um, anyways, that's just whatever. Um, okay, let's get to these emails. If you want to contact us here, more of you and less of us is a good thing, and, uh, and you can hit us up here anytime by sending an email to show at RaidersFanRadio.com. That is show, S-H-O-W, at RaidersFanRadio.com. And we've got two emails to get to tonight. First off, our buddy Ty DeRaider. Always good to hear from Ty. Uh, He says, yo, what's up, Murph, Swaggy, and the one and only Uncle Mosh. I hope all is well and everyone is safe and sound. First off, I would like to thank everyone who sent their condolences to me and my family after the death of my little brother. It's the hard part of life, but I have faith that everything happens for a reason. And as my brother always said, it builds character. I know everyone came out to hear some Raiders fan, uh, Raider football, so let's get to it. Once again, man, condolences to you and Raider Nation's with you, brother. Um, okay, I wanted to send this email before the Bucks beat the uh, cousin-loving team from Alabama, 42-28. to 28. If you're a Raiders fan and you pick a team whose slogan is, my wife is my sister... I will assume you're a real character from the hills have eyes and you're just supporting your family. I can live with AB and Tampa Tom getting a ring. I know a total of zero Buck fans, but just the idea of having to listen to a pathetic condiment wearing, four teeth having, breaking bad, blue crystal burning fan call this show thinking they can brag in any way gets my blood boiling. Amen. And I can't tell you how many freaking calls I get from Chiefs fans nowadays. It's ridiculous. Um, how can you root for a team uh, known for fountains? You put a mustache on a pig and call it a coach. And yeah, you guys have the most barbecue sports per capita in the United States, but that's because you suck at it. <laughs> Everyone is racing to try to figure out how to light the grill. Winner gets their sister. I could go all day, but I'll move along. Al Davis versus the NFL. It's hilarious that Lynn Curtis Swan was scared to play the Raiders. That was a new one to me. I had not heard that one before. Great call out, Ty. Yeah, he said he was scared to play the Raiders. Well, yeah, that's exactly what Al Davis wanted, right? And that's one of the geniuses of Al Davis was he, he wanted you to be scared pulling into the parking lot, walking into the stadium, when you got to the locker room, when you took the field. He wanted you thinking about everything else but, oh, yeah, I got to play a football game. Um. I didn't know what tissue was allowed in the Hall of Fame. That's almost funnier than the guy selling Super Bowl 15 buttons after Super Bowl 18. The scumbag look he had gave me Tatooine smuggler vibes. Overall, it was a good show, but I think I set the bar really high. Let's be honest, the CGI they used was kind of creepy. Maybe it's just me. No, I get it. It was a little wonky, but 
again, you know, budget constraints, man. I know it's, you know, ESPN and so they got Disney money, but it's not Disney Disney money. It's not Marvel Studios money or Star Wars or Lucasfilm, you know, kind of money. Um, so I know it was okay. It was okay. I just liked the sentiment of it. I just kept locking into the concept of those two guys strolling. I'll tell you why. It reminded me of John Madden's Hall of Fame speech where he talked about um, picturing at night when all the lights go off in, uh, in the Hall of Fame that the busts all talk to each other, you know? And it's kind of like, you know, if you've got these like legends upon legends all, you know, kind of talking to each other, it, it kind of reminded me of that. It, it harked back to that, hearkened back to that, that sentiment. And so the idea that Pete and Al were just moseying around Allegiant, um, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, all right, he says, before I go, I'd like to get something off my chest. I didn't watch any of the Star Wars movies until COVID or any Star Wars movies and series till COVID, but I've since watched them all, including The Mandalorian and some of The Clone Wars. I don't understand the sequel, Saga Slander. I thought it was well done and the fight scenes were pretty cool. I would appreciate if someone would explain it to me what I'm missing because here's my top three. Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, and The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I said it. And Murph, The Last Jedi wasn't that bad. Now that I ruffled a few feathers, I want to leave you with a question. All right, well, hold on, man. He's got a lot of questions in here. So let me, let me take these one by one. Someone explain what I'm missing. All right, the, I'll keep a rant free because all you got to do is go back to listen to our Star Wars show and you hear me and you hear Kevin and you hear Capo talk plenty about this exact sentiment about our issue with the sequel series. Love Force Awakens. Can't stand Last Jedi because it altered the path of some of the most beloved characters, most importantly, Luke Skywalker. And it actually changed who he was and that removed the spirit of Star Wars. It removed the spirit of what the force was and like, you know what I mean? And like Ray's path and all that could have been so much different. And when you look at Luke's path or even Anakin's path, they departed from that. Ryan Johnson completely departed from that. And basically he broke every rule that J.J. Abrams had set up in Force Awakens. There's a nerd alert for you. Um, okay, so that's why. That's why. And then Rise of Skywalker is just putting the pieces back together after Ryan Johnson disassembled everything in, 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 uh, in, in Last Jedi. And I'm with you. I liked Rise of Skywalker. It was a fun movie. It just didn't have the depth that like an Empire did or one of those others. Um, all right, so he says he wants to leave us with a question. Do you like WandaVision so far? Did everyone get creeped out by Vision in episode four? Dude, I love WandaVision. WandaVision is incredible. WandaVision, and I'll save you another big nerd rant. We might have to do a, a Marvel thing because everybody in the chat room or wherever else is going to be like, talk about the Raiders. Um, WandaVision is brilliant. Like, it's an absolutely brilliant show. Um, it's brought out, like, some really cool emotion um, out of some incredible characters. I love it when you have secondary and even tertiary characters that, like, get brought to the forefront. Like, I could watch a whole show about... Um, Oh, what's his name? It's not Lieutenant Wu, but it's whatever. Um, uh, um, Agent Wu. I could watch a whole show about him like doing like X-Files stuff. Like it's incredible. I, I think WandaVision is, is, is brilliant. So heck, I could watch a whole Monica Rambo show like her, like, you know, doing sword stuff. Like, like right? Like it's really, really cool stuff. So um, it's kind of fresh, some of the episode stuff. So I'm trying to say, stay spoiler free, but I'm, I'm really into it, man. I think, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, all right, and uh, last he says, anyway, this is the way, all love and respect, Ty the Raider. And then he says, P.S., oh, yeah, The Last Jedi was terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I love that. You had me set up there. I'm like, wow, I really liked it. And then you're like, no, I don't. Um, all right, next up, we got our buddy Paul in Shropshire, Mississippi, or otherwise known as the UK. Good evening, fellas. Hope this email finds you well. I have to start this week with the excellent Hall of Fame news. I'm so proud of Coach Flores and Charles Woodson for their much-deserved rewards. I thought I'd get a little teary over Coach Flores after waiting so long, but I was okay. However, the Charles Woodson video is different. I watched that a few times, and every time it's emotional. Absolutely. Um, unsurprisingly, excuse me, Coach Flores accepted his news with dignity in class, and Woodson was his usual cool self. Woodson was everything you want in a player, but most of all, he comes across as a real gentleman. He's a perfect example for the younger generation to aspire to, and the Raiders couldn't wish for a better ambassador. Now, my biggest wish is to see Cliff Branch, Jim Plunkett, Phil Villapiano, and Lester Hayes get the call. All right, I had, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to save it because we're getting long already tonight. This is my Cliff Branch rant. <laughs> for those of you that have heard this show, you know how I feel about Cliff Branch being in the hall, not being in the Hall of Fame. I have, whatever, I'm going to back off because it ain't about me. It's about Paul and this fantastic email. Just know that I'm going to save that. Next time we get together, you're going to hear me screaming and pounding the desk once again about the atrocity of Cliff Branch not being in the Hall of Fame. While I'm on this topic, I don't know a great deal about Drew Pearson. He may be a nice guy with a good career behind him, but I do know that his stats don't come close to Cliff Branch, so what am I missing here? It was Harold Carmichael last year, now Drew Pearson. What actually is the criteria to get into Canton? Yeah, Paul, because guess what? Drew Pearson had 489 uh, yards in his, in his career. Guess what? Cliff had more, 501. Uh, or excuse me, receptions. Receptions, he had more. Yards. Drew Pearson had 7,822. Cliff had 8,665. Drew Pearson had 48 touchdowns. Uh, Cliff Branch had 67 touchdowns. Drew Pearson had one Super Bowl ring. Cliff Branch has three. What's the difference between these guys? Drew Pearson whines. He's a big complainy foo. Freaking all the all the time, he was complaining and crying on videos about how it's an atrocity he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and sadly, we lost Cliff Branch, and now you got to induct him posthumously. Just like the same thing with Stabler. It's ridiculous, Hall of Fame. I said I wasn't going to get on a rant, but yeah, Paul, it's bullcrap, man. Cliff Branch needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm thankful Flores. I'm thankful Woodson. I'm thankful Wayne Mabry. But let's get this one right. Come on, man. Okay, I'll promise I'll rant about it later, too. Sheesh. I love Cliff Branch. All right, next up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The, uh, the feedback on the 30 for 30 Al Davis documentary has been largely positive. It still hasn't aired in the UK, so I'm waiting with bated breath to see it. I'm looking forward to your comments tonight, finding out the details and what to look forward to. I'd also like to hear some feedback from a vocal marshal of your Star Wars Super Bowl specials. He's not here tonight, but I'm sure I'll hear about it. He'll call it Star Trek, and he'll say that, oh, I love that. Uh, I love the, you know, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, Luke Kirk or whatever. Like, he always, like, conflates the things on purpose and makes fun of it. So um, he says, as I stated, um, Last week, I was avoiding the weekend's drama and the vomit bowl. I've seen photos on Twitter of Kermit looking like a crumpled piece of cloth on the floor with three towering Bucks players grinning at him and obviously know the final score. So in conclusion, I'm happy with the outcome, and I hope Missouri hurts like hell. I'd like to sum it up with a small poem, which I think shows my true feelings. All's not well in Muppet land. 
the league has found out there's no dynasty, no 10-year plan. Just Kermit with a pout. Oh, I, I, don't, I didn't read that right. The right pentameter, is that what you call it? Iambic pentameter? Sorry, Paul. Well, let's see if I can do better this time. Beaten by the goat and Gronk, their season came to nothing. They've won as Jacksonville and that Super Bowl stuffing. The fat lady sang for Reed with a troublesome weekend. This is the start of all your woes, or this you can depend. Another flash in the pan. They've found out all right. The Raiders are coming, Kermit, old friend. Sleep with one eye open, clutching your pillow tight. I see a Metallica reference. I did have another verse, but I couldn't find anything around with Nantucket. <laughs> Good job, Paul. <laughs> Finally this week. I'm saving the full update on the BRT Sizzler scores for a few more episodes, but something significant has happened last week that needs a mention. All right, so best email, best voicemail of the week. That's not named Aaron, uh, the Q-Dog Raider. Uh, best email or voicemail are eligible for Sizzler Awards. And so Mosh usually picks them. In his absence, it goes to Swag Jeff. And in Swag Jeff's absence, it goes to me. And I am highly influenced by the chat room. So you all help me pick the best email or the best voicemail of this week, which we will award the BRT Sizzler Award. Uh, so uh, Paul says, and Paul is our scorekeeper for the uh, Sizzler Award. And he says, Houston Raider Steve has become the first member of the RFR family to achieve double figures with last week being his 10th BRT Sizzler Award. So congratulations to the RFR historian GOAT. At the time, uh, it's the time for mock drafts to appear everywhere, and it's always fun to see people's take uh, on things. Always be mindful, though, folks. What we do in free agency will have a huge bearing on the direction the draft will take. Amen. Swag and I were talking about that in the driveway today, that depending on what the Raiders do in free agency, like, is going to highly influence the draft. Like, I think they're going to address the secondary in free agency and address the front four uh, with, with the draft. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, Personally, I'll stick to listening to the Capo suggestions. That's a smart move. Uh, stay safe, Raider family. Love you, uh, Raider Nation. His Lordship, Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi. Polly Award winner 2019. Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020. BRT Sizzler scorekeeper. Proud made man. And five-time, 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 plus one of the Raiders Fan Radio Sizzler Award. Paul! 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 Your name Paul. Hello. Paul. Hello. Paul. I met him with Paul. Who? Paul. Paul, yes, Paul. Paul's not here. Hey, Paul. Paul. Uh, hi. I'm Paul. All right. Appreciate Paul. Appreciate uh, both of our emailers tonight, Ty the Raider, and of course, Paul. You can email us at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. And if we read your email an indefinite amount of times, uh, you can become a made man or a made woman. Or if you call the show uh, three times, you can become a made man or a made woman. And uh, the leader of that crew is Aaron the Capo, or Aaron the Capo, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. We call him Capo because he is the leader of the made men and the made women. Uh, we always kick off this segment with him. But if you want to join in his crew, uh, all you got to do is call 909-345-3346. That's 909 909- Three four five three three four six. Leave us a message. We'll play three times, and then you become made. Um, got some great ones tonight. Uh, we're gonna kick it off always, of course, with with Aaron. And so uh, let's check in with uh, Aaron the Q Dog Raider. 
Greetings, Don Merkin, Siglary Moss on the boss, Sonny. Sergeant at Arms, the Sizzler, Big Raider Trucker, Mojo from when the universe speaks, Ramon the Mean King, Swag Jeff, Ron the Mater Raider. Nation, it was the best of times. The Chiefs lost the Super Bowl 55 in humiliating fashion. It was the worst of times. Once again, the nation had to look at the playoffs from the outside in. Yet, as the Patriarch famously said, and how about that special, Al versus the NFL last week, the greatness of the Raiders is in its future. Proudly, I did not watch a single minute of the Super Bowl. Now, the Raiders have started, for all to believe, I guess, uh, the chatter that DC4, Derek Carr, is no longer on the trading block, or nor will he be on the trading block. But listen, behind Benedict Brown, Marcus Mariota, he's third on the list of most desired trade bait on our roster. But hold my drink for a second. Per an article written by Zach Wassing, Wassing, whatever his name might be, amid rumors that Russell Wilson, that's right, one-time Super Bowl winner, isn't thrilled with the team's front office, nor is he happy about the club's inability to protect him on Sundays. The 32-year-old said on Tuesday's edition of the Dan Patrick Show that he's not sure if he's going to be available for trade discussions. Uh, let's open that door. That's a Seahawks question. He responded to Patrick. I'm liking the sound of this. Wilson remains one of the best quarterbacks in the business this very day. No matter what talk there might be out there about Deshaun Watson, um, I believe that everyone in the nation can get behind this proposition. He finished the regular season tied for second with 40 touchdown passes. Uh, what wasn't discussed, uh, for, you know, part of the discussion several weeks ago is now firmly an option for the Raiders. As of Tuesday afternoon, betonline.ag listed the Raiders at plus 300 as the favors to trade for Wilson, a move that would definitely end DC4's tenure with the club. Wilson, likely a future Hall of Famer, uh, finished uh, 17, uh, Week 17 ahead of DC4 in passer rating, total QBR, completion percentage, pass ra uh, passing yards, and passing scores per ESPN stats, and would be an upgrade definitely for John Gruden. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are next on the list at plus 600. The football team from Washington at plus 800. San Francisco for his services at plus 900. And the Pats, that's right, those damn Pats come in at plus 1600 to land Wilson if they don't trade for Marcus Mariota. Now, I say we trade Benedict Brown and acquire Mark Ingram, Patrick Peterson, and Richard Tampa Free Sherman. Congratulations to Coach Tom Flores and Charles Woodson on their respective selections to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hope to see you all there this summer, COVID, I guess, permitting. Uh, you know what? Cliff Branch and Jack Tatum are standing by if you need them, okay? Now, to wrap up this call, FKC, FTB12, <laughs> and FAB with a ring on it. Come on. The hit list, uh, We'll just go ahead and condense this. Insurrectionist, Super Bowl 55, and, of course, as per usual, Mike Dicka. Respect goes out to Kevin the Raider Nerd for his appearance on the Star Wars protest special. Well done. He carried me. Um, B-Dog in a pasture. Raider-born Rico. Haley from Scotland. Watts Raider. Sugar Shane. Bobby Wasabi. Raider Homer. His Lordship. Paul from Shropshire, Mississippi. And I hope we had 30 seconds of Paul by the time I made my call. I patch Rev Raider Monster Mash 
Ken, Running Bear, Coach Davis, Raider Lim, Raider Cliff, also Raider, Big Easy Raider, Raider 1975, Fabricator Gill, Wild Raider, Dead Scroll Steve, Sugar Shane, Amanda's brother to be named later, Splatterhead, <laughs> and everybody from the fan club, Blitz and Inebriation. Rue. Awesome stuff there from Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Yeah, I'm not sure about Wilson. I mean, I like the sentiment. And yeah, I mean, when you have the opportunity to acquire a first ballot Hall of Famer, you do. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if the Raiders are, I don't know. I mean, never say never, man. You never know what's going to happen with Carr. Again, if we get a stupid offer from another team and there's enough equity there, um, you might see him do something uh, crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, I think what's uh, something else that he kind of kindled my thoughts on, um, and we were texting a little bit about this, is that, you know, the Patriots have $68 million under the salary cap. Like, I know Tom Brady and everybody's like, well, I guess we know who the, the you know, the, 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 uh, the winning component of the pairing was between Belichick and Brady. And I, as Lee Corso would famously say, not so fast. I don't think that the Patriots are going quietly into the night. They got a lot of money, man, $68 million. And there are tons of players that are out there. And they're literally a quarterback away from, you know, making a run again. And so this is where I think that, you know, the Chiefs are not a slam dunk shoe in for the AFC next year. I think you got a lot of up and coming teams uh, in the AFC. And it sounds weird to say that the Patriots would be an up and coming team, but after going, you know, quietly into the freaking offseason like like we did, they might they're gonna be poised for a return, man. Bill is not gonna be laying down on this thing. And um, can you imagine a Russell Wilson Patriots team? Like Oh my gosh. And and they got the money to do it. And the Raiders don't have a ton of money. Um, another thing Swag and I were talking about earlier today is that, you know, the Raiders have some restructuring opportunities. I fully could see Brown getting let go. I'm with Capo a million percent on that. Brown gets let go. Williams gets involved in some sort of trade. Mariota gets sent in some form of trade. We restructure Derek's contract, uh, convert his his cap hit into some kind of a signing bonus all of a sudden we got a bunch of money. And so we're not out of free agency, but I just don't know if like that kind of a level of a, of a move is on the books for us. Again, you never know. Um, we'll see how this thing goes. The league season opens in terms of free agency, March 17th. So we're not that far away from it. So we're only what, just about, a, uh, not quite a month away or a little bit over a month away, excuse me. Um, so it's going to be very interesting the way this thing plays out. And again, man, I think this is going to be one of the more critical years uh, in Raider history. And so very interesting to see where this thing goes to see if the Raiders feel like they're at a position to where it's time to sell out. Like it's time to like mortgage your future a little bit and go all, you know, like what Elway did with the Broncos and just go all out to get that ring to go all out, to bring in the kind of guys, um, not to build a dream team because chemistry can become an issue, but you bring in the right guys, you bring in Richard Sherman, you know, convert him to safety, you bring in Pat Pete, you bring in Melvin Egram, you bring in Leonard Williams. I know that's crazy. Like, you're not going to see all four of those players playing on the defense, but you get the idea where I'm going. Like, all of a sudden, the dynamic of our defense changes dramatically, and I agree with what David Carr said earlier. I think we got a Super Bowl offense. Like, scoring points and moving the football is not our problem. It's freaking stopping other teams. And if we had even a middle-of-the-pack defense, 
I think we're a 12 win team easily, if not a 13 win team, right? So I don't think we're that far off. So it's going to be, this is going to be a really critical off season. All right, enough of me. Let's hear more from you. Uh, let's check in with the aforementioned Houston Raiders, Steve. Murph, Ma, Swag Jeff, Nation. Hey, this is Houston Raider Steve. Thanks for the sizzler. I really appreciate it. Some things I wanted to tell you about Al Davis that I knew about based on what I've heard reading uh, my notes. Uh, back in the day and everything, the reason why the Raiders and Al Davis, especially Al, wanted to go down to Los Angeles is they were going to be building them suites there at the Coliseum down there, and they guaranteed him sellouts. And that's ultimately the reason why he left. Um, when you see Al Davis wearing that necklace, or not necklace, that wrist thing that says Al Davis, uh, the white uh, rocks on the black background, that was a gift given to him by Jimmy the Greek. They were really tight and everything. A lot of times uh, when he would get information about the Raiders, of course, in the NFL, he went right to the source, got everything from Al. Um, so that was a gift from uh, Jimmy the Greek to Al was that um, bracelet or whatever you want to call it on his wrist. Al made him a lot of money. He, he was a... Uh, big gambler on the Super Bowl, and he won a lot of money. Jimmy the Greek, he was known for having one of the largest payouts. Another thing about Al Davis and everything, he was all behind market merchandising and uh, marketing. And what he did is he uh, wanted to make sure at that time that you as a Raiders fan in Murfreesboro, wherever you were living in the United States, could call up your local cable company and tell them, hey, I want to watch the Raiders game, and they would uh, you know, put the game on, and you could watch it in your own home. Al was all behind that. And look what we have today. I remember going to a local sports bar back in the 80s and stuff and being able to tell the owner, hey, I want to watch the Raiders game, and he would pick it up off the dish, and I could sit there and watch that. Before that, you were stuck with watching the local teams, and that was behind. The fact that you should be able to watch your team in your own home, that you cheer for the Raiders, even though wherever you lived all over the United States or the world, that's where he was behind. He marketed that. He was the genius behind it. Goodbye. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Steve Vince's calls. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, we call him the historian and uh, because he provides such really cool stories that are uh, provide extra insight to the team. And that's one of them I unheard. I didn't know about Al's relationship with Jimmy the Greek. I remember Jimmy the Greek, and I remember why he got fired, um, which, you know, he revealed a, a, a part of his character that was not very uh, uh, attractive and, and, and glad that he was, re- you know, relieved of his duties from – CBS, but, um, yeah, but like what a, what a high profile figure he was back in the day. And I had no clue that that famous bracelet that Al wore that said Al on it, uh, with the silver and black was given to him by Jimmy the Greek. Very interesting there. So, uh, great stuff there from Houston Raider, Steve. All right, time for the funny. Uh, let's check in with the Raider care. So I love Raider karaoke kid. So this is T three Tom. This is the guy from one, one, uh, only nation podcast. Um, they do a great podcast over there, him and Heidi, and, and of course, our buddy Raider Homer. And uh, so uh, Raider Karaoke Kid uh, heard me last week when I was talking about that, you know, there was some copyright issues. Um, and <laughs> trust me, like, we had all the copyright strikes last week, not only from all the music stuff, but when I played um, or I uploaded the Raiders uh, Super Bowl highlights videos of all three Super Bowls, um, it was like my freaking phone was going off like a slot machine. It was like bing, 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 bing from all the copyright strikes. But the good news is, is that I didn't monetize the video. So I didn't get any like, you know, like they didn't take the video down or I'm not going to get sued or anything like that. Like I didn't try to do anything with it. I just wanted to share it. And so, uh, so the good news is that's up on our channel. If you want to go check it out, all three NFL films, 
Raider Super Bowl highlight videos capped off by the amazing John Facenda um, narrating Black Sunday uh, is all on there. So anyways, so Raider Karaoke Kid heard my kind of statement about us getting sued. And instead of playing a song in his background that I would have to go through and edit up, he just kind of sang his song over the click track or the beat, if you will. And so I appreciate that, a Raider Karaoke Kid. And uh, he turned in another doozy this week, man. This is awesome. Hey, Murph, it's T3. I'm going to give you an acapella version from the karaoke kid so you don't get in trouble with the music in case you can't use it. So here we go. All the time I have waited for this seems like it's been so long. I want you to lose it all and that feeling's ever strong. You got up to the stage and then you fell. And your Super Bowl went down the well. And I'm so happy to say goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. I know you hate for the Raiders and it fills you with dread. I remember how we beat you in your house and then we circled Arrowhead. These last few weeks of holding on, you held the Lombardi and now it's gone. Guess it's time to say goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. Cause baby, it's over now. And you're gonna hear us talk about it. But it's the same. It's the same. My hate is still the same. In my heart. In my heart. You will always be a clown. And your team. And your team. And your team is going down. In my heart. In my heart. You will always be a clown and your team and your team and your team is going down. This is the Raider Karaoke Kid. Congratulations, Kansas City. You are now just the answer to the trivia question. Who was the biggest loser in 2020? It was you. Later, nation. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. You know, like... That's, there's something to be said for commitment, man. <laughs> he committed to that. There's no doubt. Patty Smythe and freaking Scandal, if you need them. Uh, you got to be of a particular age to get that reference. Like, my gosh, man. Going goodbye to you. Hey, and just in case you're wondering, uh, Raider Karaoke Kid, I'll be shooting down the walls of Heartbreak later. Bang, bang, because I'm the warrior. Um, man, that was incredible, dude. Like, so funny, man. So I appreciate the uh, the song there. And, uh, man, good stuff. So don't forget, if you are in the chat room, um, keep up with it, man. Who you like the best, uh, phone calls and emails, and, and help me decide who the sizzler is going to be because we've only got one more. And, you know, if there's any ladies in the room, you may, fellas, want to ask them to, to, to step out because this next caller has a certain influence over uh, those of the female persuasion. Um, you know, the lights tend to come down. The incense tends to get lit. The candles tend to get lit. You know, there's an overall mood that strikes when Rico shows up in a fan cave. Hey, guys, Red Bon Rico here. So I watched that senior bowl a couple of weeks ago. And uh, first of all, I think the Senior Bowl is very important for the Raider organization because in seven years we got several valuable players out of that event. And then I was happy to see that it was a, a defensive type of game. 
In fact, I wasn't impressed at all with quarterback, wide receiver and running back. But I was impressed with different defensive players and four of them make my list in my book. So the first one, the guy that impressed me the most is that guy, Ellerson Smith, defensive lineman from Northern Iowa. Now the guy is six foot seven for 255 pounds. He's an, edge, he's an edge rusher. Now, when you combine 255 pounds for a, a guy tall like that, that means <laughs> that's basically pure muscle. And it means only one thing, a lot of physicality combined with quickness. So we're talking about really potential threat at the edge position. And listen, forget 2020 for college football. You can't really evaluate something that never take place. So... You probably sometimes have to go backward in the production. And in 2019, depends on the college where we play for. Maybe some college, they didn't play any, any uh, not a lot of games. So you got to go backward. So in 2019, he got 14 sacks, 5 forced fumble, 63 tackle, 22 for a loss, 2 block kicks, 4 pass breakups, and 14 quarterback hurries. Definitely an interesting guy. Now, the other guy is a linebacker, Grant Stewart, from the Houston Cougars. Probably somebody saw this guy because of his long hair, but I saw there a lot of potential because he's a, we're talking about a smaller guy here, six foot one for 225 pounds. Now, all this uh, physicality that he has is all distributed in the legs. That allowed him to have um, a, a quick response, great tackle, and what surprised me the most is his jumping ability. Now, this is one of those guys that uh, have an eye on the man and the other on the ball. I would consider him, especially looking at his production, this year was 61 tackles, 35 solo, 26 assisted, one sack, one fumble recovery for a touchdown. Now, if we go backward in one more productive year, like 2019, he got 97 tackles, 62 solo, 35 assisted, one sack. Another guy to consider. Now, the other two guys are a, a defensive back. One more kind of a cornerback, the other more kind of a free safety, but you never know, they can switch position. So the guy that impressed me the most is this guy, Divine Diablo. Just the name uh, is a kind of a Raider style. Uh, he's from Virginia Tech. Now he's a six foot three tall cornerback. That's what you need for 226 pounds. Now he's more of a free safety, this guy. And I think this guy is, is everywhere. He can, he, he can be everywhere. In two years, he collected 139 tackles, 74 solo, 5 interception, a recover fumble return for a touchdown of 98 yards, and 6 pass deflection. So definitely a guy, have a look on him, and then uh, you can tell me if he's valuable or not. The other guy is Benjamin St. Just, another tall um, defensive back, this time a cornerback. Six foot three, 205 pounds. Now he's from Minnesota Gophers. Now, Minnesota is not, they don't have a lot of good products out of them, that, that place. But 
uh, is another uh, guy that is fast and tall and uh, is ideal for a man coverage while he can learn also zone if we're going to pair him with some good big name veteran as we should. I tell you in another I told you in another message. I said you another time, let's spend some money. Go big, go home from now on. That's the bottom line because it's important for every, every successful organization to have some big names to pair, some good veterans to pair them with valuable rookies that they can learn. So, so if, if everybody with the, potential can, with the potential can learn something. So they just need good mentors, good teachers. And I think if we spend good and if we um, get the right picks, we can really do something out of this off season. With all that say, I love you all. Go Raiders and f*** the Chiefs. I'm out. <laughs> I love the way that ended. <laughs> <laughs> I already heard it too, man, because obviously I had to bleep it out. But just hearing Rico say that cracks me up, man. Oh my gosh, Rico, you're the best, dude. So, man, look, here's the thing about Rico. Like, we always kind of, you know, we, 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 I don't even say we poke fun, but we always comment on like how cool of a voice he has and the vibe that he brings and like with the blues in the background and all that stuff. But, like, he's got some incredible takes. That's the things I love about Rico is that, and I hope that, like, all those other things never take away from or distract from, like, his great takes. Like, guys breaking down players from the freaking Senior Bowl and, like, breaking down, like, not only what they were doing this year and what they were doing at the Senior Bowl, but, like, what they did in past seasons because he also made a very fair point that, like, it's hard to evaluate players that maybe aren't in the SEC on what their college football seasons looked like in, looked like in 2020 because they had these modified schedules and all that stuff. You know, we're like, you know, look, I'm a little biased. You know, I, I live in the South now. I'm a Bay Area guy originally for, you know, uh, more, the majority, not for much longer, but the majority of my life, I lived in California. And, um, you know, but moving to the South now where I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, like I'm in SEC country. And when you look at like SEC football and you look at LSU and you look at, you know, Alabama and Auburn and UT and you look at, you know, everybody except for, you know, the occasional Kentucky team and always Vanderbilt, like it's amazing football. And so when you play an all SEC schedule, you, I think you can evaluate players fairly, but outside of that, like, you know, Big Ten was really wonky this year. I think everybody, sh we were all shocked by seeing Ohio State move on. You know, of course, in the ACC teams, Miami had a good year. Clemson had a good year. You know, um, point being, though, is that I agree with Rico. Like, this was a much tougher season to really truly evaluate what players were. But then when you look at the, you know, extension back into prior season, you can. And so I think that was a great take by him. Um, and also, too, I agree with his sentiment, like, it's time to go big, go big or go home, man. Like it, this is it. Like, you know, when you look at where we're at, excuse me, gosh, sorry. Apologize guys. Um, when you look at where we're at in Carr's career, when you look at where we're at in Gruden's, you know, second run with the team, when you look at where, where Mike Mayock is, when you look at, um, you know, what our, our, our terms are in terms of, uh, the Raiders now playing in Allegiant stadium in front of a live crowd, like all those things that I, that I detailed earlier, like this is the time, like let's sell out. Like 
You know, uh, I mentioned what what Elway did with the Broncos earlier. Like, I think that's time. I'm with you, Rico. Like, let's go big. Let's make as much cap space as we have. Let's take this solid team that we've built. I'm not talking about, like, entirely mortgaging our future, but, like, let's make a run. Like, let's put our best, you know, foot out there. Let's not sweat the salary cap as much. Let's not sweat, you know, what the next, you know, year four looks like. Like, let's win now. Like, let's get it done now. Um, so anyways, I appreciate, uh, Rico. So good. Um, such a great call. Uh, and, and I can't, I can't wait to go back and look at the chat. Always get a big kick out of what the chat has to say, uh, around Rico's call. Uh, during that time though, I did catch out of the corner of my eye that Lencho had a donation in there. He said that, uh, um, let me, let me see if I can scroll back to it. Yes, I can. He says, uh, my wife told me to drop five bucks. So he did during Rico's call. So thank you, Lencho for that. Um, and then earlier tonight, I want to say it before I forget. Thank you also for Aaron, the Q dog Raider with his 1911, um, uh, contribution tonight. No doubt. 1911 comes from his uh, fraternity, uh, Omega sci-fi, which I believe was their founding year in 1911. So thank you, Aaron, the Q dog Raider. Uh, and thank you, Lencho. And, uh, thank you of course to, um, uh, to Rico there. I appreciate you, man. All right, so you know what time it is now. It's time for the Sizzler Award. So that's where we take the best phone call or best email, and we give it the Sizzler Award. And so tonight we had a uh, a, a couple of of emails. Of course, we had our buddy Ty Ty Ta Da Raider, as as Uncle Mosh calls him, uh, out on the West Coast. Appreciate Ty to Raider. Uh, with his email and uh, some great Star Wars stuff in there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, of course, the, the, the legendary Paul uh, from Shropshire, Mississippi, otherwise known as the UK. Uh, Paul was in there. Um, Cap- Capo was ineligible for the uh, for the Sizzler, but Capo's call is always thought-provoking and always brings a lot of uh, excellent knowledge. Uh, and then we had Houston Raider Steve. Great revelations on that. We call him the historian for a reason. There's a reason he's got 10 freaking Sizzler Awards. So appreciate Houston Raider Steve. Appreciate Raider Karaoke King with his freaking scandal song. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, of course, we closed it out uh, with Rico, uh, uh, the Italian Raider fan out there in the Canary Islands, uh, repping the Raiders uh, so, so very well. And so uh, who do you guys got, man? Um, Raider Flash says, they all got my vote. Critique says, Karaoke Kid. Uh, Rico uh, from Raider Roo. He says, not only the voice, but he puts a work into the call. Uh, let's see. They were all fire. Uh, let's see. Rico from Daniel Meng. It looks like Rico's kind of leading the pack here. Lee B says, my hormones vote for Rico. Kill Jadis says, tied a Raider. Solid. Uh, let's see. Where Who else we got? Give me, give me a couple more, man. I think it's... Pirate 1975 says Rico kill Jada says Tyler Raider again. Gosh, give me a couple more in there, guys. I think it's going to Rico, but it's got, it's got up oh, there. It is Ronda Mater Raider says it is Rico. So congratulations, Rico, on your this week's Sizzler Award. I am the Sizzler. 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 Sizz
Resign with the Raiders, Aguilar. I don't know if we're going to have enough money to resign Nelson Aguilar, man. He's going to be expensive. But uh, anyways, appreciate all of you, Raider Nation. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, appreciate you jumping in for this podcast selfie. Uh, we are going to be off next week. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take off. I might have some Twitch stuff, so if you don't follow us on the Twitch, check that out. Raiders Fan Radio on the Twitch. I'll probably do some gaming things. Uh, I'm hoping to get, speaking of that, I'm hoping to get an interview with uh, Raiders long snapper Trent Sieg. Hopefully we'll get that set up for you guys this week. Um, and then, yeah, whatever. We might piddle a little bit, but uh, other than that, uh, we're going to take the next week off and so i appreciate you i appreciate everybody in the chat man you guys in the chat are amazing sir raider is in there pirate 1975 killed jadis raider flash ron the mater raider ty ta-da raiders in there franklin 83 havana cash appreciate you uh reesey rock is in there um so many good folks in the chat room tonight uh raider rue is in there thank you so very very much for supporting raiders fan radio in all the ways that you do um, going to be a very interesting off season for us Raider Nation man it's a uh, uh, man it's going to be uh, it's going to be cool to see where this team goes I'm really excited man I think that the importance of this off season um, is not to you know it's yeah it's kind of like it's a big deal but I'm excited about it I think the Raiders are going to do the right thing I trust in who we have I trust Gruden I trust Mayock I trust Mark Davis I trust Derek Carr Heck, I trust, you know, Rodney Hudson. I trust all the leaders of this team. I trust, and I trust we're going to bring in some excellent leaders on the other side of the ball to complement that. Guys maybe like Richard Sherman, maybe a guy like Patrick Peterson. You never know where this thing is going to go, and then ultimately that will inform the draft. So, uh, anyways, thank you again. I can't thank you enough for supporting us. Not only everybody that's in the chat, but all the lurkers out there, like my boo Max. Max, appreciate you watching and checking us out. And uh, yeah, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Go Raiders. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.